Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a playoff post-game show. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by Kate. Kate, how are you? Hello, Kate, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. How are you? How have just you talking? been? Oh, you know, it's um, been an exciting day. I guess that's the best that we could say about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I want to say, I know, you know, a lot of people are down a little bit. Raptors going down 3-0. No team has ever overcome a 3-0 deficit. But who knows? Raptors like to make history. It could be the Toronto Raptors. Um, but this game, this game was very different than the first two games, of course. Number one, being in Toronto. But also, the Raptors had a chance in it. The Raptors led for the entirety of regulation. Only lost the lead there in overtime. And before we get into the actual game, I just want to talk about that Embiid shot because... that's what's going to keep a lot of Raptor fans up at night. You know, the one thing that I would like to say about that, Iman, is that it hurts a little bit less in game three of a series in the first round when you're missing some of your best players and you're not really considered to be widely a a, a finals contender. I think that we've, um, we can say that when it comes to buzzer beaters and the playoffs, the Raptors definitely still do have the upper hand in terms of uh, the most devastating buzzer beater. But, you know, you have to hand it to Joel Embiid. There's nothing that really could have been done. That was just a, a devastating shot. And sometimes those go down and you just have to tip your hat and say, you know, that's a that's an MVP candidate and that's an MVP candidate doing MVP things. So, you know, hats off to the Sixers. You got your buzzer beater. Um, we still have ours. And you know what? I like I like ours so much better. And I keep having to remind myself and put this game into perspective. I think you hit it on the you hit the nail on the head there. Um, this is the first round. This is a young team. This is a growing team. This is the five seed versus a four seed. Now we can get into the the um, the reasons for why that why Joel was open there. I know some people are calling it Gary Trent Jr.'s fault there. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't rewatched it, and in the moment, I was just so caught up on the fact that like, oh no, they put a shot up that I didn't even see what that defensive breakdown looks like. So I have to go back and watch that in order to to really get into that there. But I think before we start to point fingers on like who let, who let it, why Embiid was open for that last shot, I think we have to get into what the Raptors offense looked like in overtime. Because this is a young team. This is a growing team. This is a team with not a lot of playoff experience. But there are a few champions on the team as well. Some of those guys 
had a really tough time in overtime. What were your thoughts on what we got from Fred Van Vliet and OG, uh, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam, I should say, in that OT and really in that second half? Did I lose you there? Um, I'm not sure if you asked me a question. I'm, I'm not really able oh, yeah, to no, hear like, you. What were your thoughts on what we saw? Like, what, what were your thoughts on what we saw from the Stars in that sort of second half, the offense really slowing down from both Fred Van Vliet and from Pascal Siakam? I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure if you asked me a question. Um, I can't hear you through... <laughs> You're really cutting out for me here. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. We're having some audio, technical difficulties. Audio I was trying to ask Kate what she really thought from Fred and, and from Pascal. And here's the thing. I'm going to – I see a lot of people being down on the game that Pascal Siakam had. So I'm just going to answer the question here until, until we can get Kate back. Um, and let me know in the chat if you guys can hear me um, or if I'm cutting out for you guys as well. Pascal played 48 minutes in this game and was giving you a lot on the defensive end. And it's unfortunate that he didn't have it on the offensive end. He scored zero points in the second half. And I do think as a star, we want to see him take the next step. And there were a lot of shots there. Uh, he, he just wasn't aggressive. Zero points in the second half, including overtime, is just not what you want from Pascal Siakam right now. But he did play 48 minutes. He did give you great defense. And Fred Van Vliet clearly looks hurt. I know I made the joke on Twitter that Fred Van Vliet is really embodying Kyle Lowry to a T, even getting injured right before the playoffs and having a bad shooting night or having a bad shooting playoffs. It's the perfect embodiment of Kyle Lowry there. Can you still hear me, Kate? Um, I can, I'm hearing you sort of an inter intermediate connection. So I think when the microphone sort of travels away, um, I'm not hearing it as well. I'm not actually hearing you directly, Iman. It's sort of like through a third party, I think. That's the challenge. I disjointed the Raptors' offense looked. So I think it works well. That, there, that's you know, way better. Not in sync. Okay, perfect. I think it works well that we're not in sync and that we're not cohesive because the Raptors offense didn't look <laughs> in sync or cohesive in the second half either. So what I was what they I was really didn't. Iman, did you get the sense that they were tired? I, I'm I'm just getting and you know yes. I hate to bring up excuses. Say you know they're 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 down you know multiple men. They're trying to they're they're trying to do their crazy coverages. They're also doing everything on the offensive end, uh, and they just look dead tired. We're missing, obviously, a huge spark plug in Scotty Barnes. We all know what he brings to the team. We all know what's to the floor. And when you don't have him there to um, really be, you know, not only pushing on the offensive end, but also really holding a, a playing a huge part on the defensive end as well. That's a massive uh, piece of the puzzle that is really missing from from your whole game plan. And um, having to to go up against Joel Embiid, uh, you know. I think it's just really taking a toll on these guys and mm -hmm. um, you could, you could just tell they're just, they're just dog tired. I'm, I'm completely with you. And that's kind of what I was pointing out there with, with Pascal Siakam. He played 48 minutes in this game over 48 minutes because of overtime there. He only got to sit for, for like three or four minutes. These guys are very tired. You talked about it with the defense, with the, the defensive schemes that Nick Nurse throws out and how aggressive they are, but not only that it's, 
extra when you're going up against uh, Joel Embiid and you really don't have a center. And the defense that they were playing clearly took their legs out and they just did not have it for shots on the offensive end. And we got to see some stops and the Raptors go out and transition. This game to me, and, and maybe we can just sort of stand back and look at the game as a whole, this game to me felt way more Raptors-y than any of the previous games. Looking at that first game, the Raptors were lights out from deep, were shooting really well from their floor, the half-court offense was rolling, but they weren't getting any stops. They weren't getting any offensive boards. They were losing out on the defensive glass, and they just weren't getting out in transition. It was very un-Raptors-esque, whereas I think we're finally starting to see some more Raptors basketball. Would you agree with that sentiment? Did I lose you again? <laughs> Oh, I got you. I got you back now. You know what, Iman? It's really interesting that you said that it's starting to really feel like Raptors basketball because for the first time um, in this series, I really did think that this game, the guys started to come together and start to play their game. Um, interestingly, insofar as the, the defense was tiring out our guys, it was working to tire out their team as well. Um, we saw Danny Green get a little bit of a, a hot head on on him at the end of the second quarter. Um, I think it came to their it was to their benefit that that came right at the very end of the se- of the second quarter, right to halftime, so that they had some time to count. Um, able to capitalize on that, but you also saw it in some of the shot selection that Joel Embiid was taking as well in the second half. Um, really, really not playing his game. He was uh, taking shots from from the arc, turnarounds, fadeaways, and not not the type of I think that not the type of shots that you would expect Joel Embiid to be taking when he's, you know, three, four inches taller than the, than the tallest guy on uh, the Raptors end and, and really should be able to get what he wants um, as well. So, you know, in, in as far as, as the Raptors game plan was um, tiring out uh, the, the, uh, the Raptors, I think it was also doing what his intended job was to do and, and tiring out the, uh, the Sixers as well. And if we had had just had those couple of extra bodies, um, you know, I think we might've seen a different, uh, a different result today. Yeah, I'm completely, I'm completely with you on that. It definitely looked like they were tiring guys out. I mean, James Harden fouled out in this game. And that's kind of, you know, you talk about the type of shots that you expect him to take. And one of those types of shots is going to be free throws. <laughs> and, well, he didn't take as many. And when the Raptors are allowed to play the defensive, the with the defensive aggression that they want to go out and play with, they're not going to get called for a ton of fouls. Thank you so much, Mark Davis. You were on my nice list. Bill Kennedy, you're still on my naughty list. Um, but the Raptors were allowed to play so much. They, they were allowed to play with a freedom that I just don't think that they were allowed to play with in game one when you have Fred Van Vliet picking up his first two fouls within 30 seconds. The free throw discrepancy in this game is 20 to 18, right? The Raptors took 18 free throws to the Sixers 20. And we see when there's similar or fair refing, I should say, that the games don't feel as out of hand. And I know the conversation has turned to refing isn't the reason the Raptors are down 0-2 or now 0-3, and that's certainly true. But we can also see 
how refing has the ability to change not only the momentum in the game, but the aggression with which the Raptors play defense. And when we're seeing them as locked in as they were tonight, when we're seeing the Raptors play their style of basketball, it's with the freedom of knowing that every techie tack thing won't be called a foul. And um, that was just really refreshing to see. And I hope we get to see that throughout the series because when, you know, we really had them flustered in that first half, Iman. Um, I think, what was it? 12, 13 turnovers. Um, yep. you know, the, the entire collection, the, the entirety of, uh, Raptors and Sixers free throws in the first half was still less than, um, uh, what Joel Embiid took himself in Q, Q1 of, of game two. So, you know, it, it was nice to see the refs swallowing their whistles there for the first, uh, for the first half. Half at the very least. And yeah. it was nice to see what we were able to accomplish when we're actually able to play our game. Yeah. Exactly. And it it just, as a basketball fan, outside of being a Raptors fan, it just makes basketball that much more enjoyable when the show isn't about the referees, but about the basketball being played on the court. And guess what? You know what? Joel Embiid is kind of nice when he's not living at the line. It's kind of fun to watch him play his style of basketball if it's not rip throughs from a seven foot guy out on the perimeter. Because what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> I mean, he still did take his liberties. Uh, you know, very oh, yeah, pushed sure. by by you know six foot tall Fred Van Vliet in the corner, um, flailing into the into the side. You know, so really, Embiid does take liberties every single time that that he can, and he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's Joel Embiid and he's the MVP. Um, it's tiresome. He's better than that. Yes, he can get away with it, and that's why he does. Uh, but it's definitely as a basketball fan, as a pure basketball. Fan. I don't want to watch that kind of basketball. I don't want to no. watch free throws. Um, I think we all watched the beginning of the um, the Timberwolves-Grizzlies game yesterday, and the, the momentum is entirely ruined. The game is entirely ruined. The pace of the game and the and uh, the overall vibe of the game is just ruined when you got a whistle every five seconds. So, you know, I it, it, was, it was nice to see at the beginning of the season the refs putting away their whistles. Um, unfortunately, it seems as though we've gotten a, a little bit away from that towards the latter ha- towards the latter half of the season. But yeah. um, you know, t- today's game, I think, if it, if we could see three more games ref this way in this series, if we can push this one to six, uh, I'd be pretty happy. I would as well. I if would we as push well. this one and to seven. I- Hey, so the Raptors, we, we talked about this, the Raptors not really playing Raptors style of basketball. And through the first three games, they have an offensive rating of 112 uh, over 112, which is which is a good offensive rating. That's like not, ex- you wouldn't expect that from this Raptors team that kind of struggles in the half court. But I was looking up their offensive rating in overtime because I can't get over it. I can't get over how poor it was. They had a 75 offensive rating. 75. You know, like they're playing basketball. I'm not the type, in I'm not the type that's that's usually going to criticize our our players. I think if you know my my brand, I'm usually pretty. Um, I usually like to try and keep it pretty positive on our players. Um, but it was disappointing to see in crunch time, in overtime, uh, Precious with the ball in his hands more often than those that we should be deferring to: OG, Pascal, and Fred. Um, and even Gary to that extent, you know, Precious should be your cleanup guy. He should be the one that's going in for the putback. Uh, he shouldn't be the one that's making the primary play. And, the, and he did make some good 
um, some good plays. He, you know, he was responsible for fouling out Harden. Um, I think yep. we can all agree that, you know, he was today, he precious was incredible. His game was tight. You know, he was doing things on both ends of the floor, exactly what we need to be, but he's not the guy that I want to see with the ball in his hands, um, you know, on multiple possessions in overtime. So we, we have a question in here from Samuel who says, what I don't get is you have 13 players you can play. Why will you not use all of them? Clearly Pascal and Fred are tired. How would you respond to that? Why, why wouldn't we play all 13 of our players? Why wouldn't we play a, a, a longer roster than Pascal 48 minutes? I mean, who... <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking a little bit, but would we have expected a better outcome with maybe playing? I, I mean, I guess my question for this for the for this for this caller would be, or this you know, the person that's asking this question, and Iman, I, I don't know if you really feel the same, but I don't think there's anybody that could even take five minutes off of Pascal and for us to have had a better outcome. Um, you know, what are we going to give five minutes to Utah? Are we going to give minutes to? five more minutes to Thad whose game really wasn't clicking today. And I think he's still, you know, kind of impacted by that, by that thumb. Are we going to give five more minutes to Boucher? I, I, I... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I guess I'm just wondering how, who, who is sitting on the end of our bench that we can rely on to play, you know, minutes in a, in a must win playoff game today. Especially you had to play the players the that we played. Intensity. You have to see Pascal out there getting his reps, getting his minutes. It was clear that he was dead tired at the end of it, but unfortunately right now being down a crucial body and in Scotty Barnes, I don't think there's anybody on your bench that you can go to to give you reliable uh, minutes um, on both ends of the floor. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. When the Raptors are playing, like Pascal was giving you nothing on the offensive end, but you definitely needed him to do what you guys were doing on the defensive end. Like, right, Pascal has value. That's kind of the the whole bubble conversation is like, he's still not a net negative. He's still going to be a positive in any moment. And that's the same thing with Fred Van Vliet. It's very rare to have guys like that 
it's it's the it's the Joel Embiid conversation, right? Like Joel can't play 48 minutes, but every time he sits, the Sixers bleed points. That's where they lose all of their minutes. Is unfortunately whether it be Paul Reed or, or DJ in those minutes at the Raptors. That <laughs> and and for the Raptors, that hasn't been the case because the Raptors bench has not been able to capitalize on that. Which is why I think we see Nick Nurse moving away from the bench. <laughs> They're not even able to beat those Joel Embiidless minutes. So you got you have to run with your starters. You have to run with those guys, and you have to hope that. Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet have it moving forward because without that, I just don't think that the Raptors have it to win this series. I just don't think that they have enough to not even to win this series, but to truly make this a series because now they're down 3-0. But to truly make this a series, you need to have Fred Van Vliet and you need to have Pascal Siakam looking healthy and, and, and aggressive on the offensive end. We see the difference that having Gary made right like having Gary Trent Jr. was a huge difference in this game we talked about the refing but it's not just that it's it's also having Precious do what he was able to do off the bench it's having Gary Trent Jr. it's having your scorers and Pascal and Fred are your number one and number two scorers you need to have them Fred clearly looks labored Pascal looked really tired it'll be interesting to see what they look like in game four did I lose you again yeah, um, I, you're back now, though. Um, okay. Sorry, I, I think just, again, the intermediate is just sort of cutting out every time it shifts. So I'm having a hard time hearing everything of what you said there. But I caught most of it. And I do have to say, you know, I, I think, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, the, you know, the, the end of bench guys, those are great um, guys to throw in there for garbage time. They're not the ones that are going to be picking up, you know, must win, must win minutes. And Nick nurse did what Nick nurse had to do. He played the guys who needed to be played. And unfortunately we still came up on, on the losing end of this one, um, this hard fought game. Yeah. So I have people talking about uh, in the comments, I'm seeing a lot of Fred Van Vliet and, and Pascal's Yakum talk. So I want to start with Pascal. Sorry, sorry, you... Iman. Can you, can you repeat that? Yeah, so I'm just looking through the comments and I'm seeing a lot of Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet talk. So I wanted to ask you first, okay. how would you evaluate Pascal Siakam's game? You know, the first half of his game, I thought it was great. He was um, aggressive. You know, he was, um, you know, making both offensive, defensive plays. He was really getting to his spots. Um you know, I thought I I have no complaints with the first half of his game and even into to 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 mid mm, I just think the second half of his game is where it started to break down. I'm not sure what happened to his his handle. You know, I'm I'm not sure if it's he's if it's tired legs or um, if he's lapsing concentration. The thing with Pascal Siakam is he's really a player, and I wrote this down in the first half of the game. I wrote this down. You know, Pascal's already talking to himself in the in the second quarter. When Pascal's yeah. talking to himself, you know he's really feeling himself. Um, he's a guy that really feeds off of the energy. That's why you know I think he plays so great at home. Sometimes um, he really gets into the crowd. He starts to, to 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 really feel it, and he starts to feel his game. It's easy for him, however, unfortunately, and even still as a max player, you know, I think this is still something that he is learning how to push through is when he's having difficulties or when he, when he's, you know, tired or challenged in some ways, um, he does tend to 
go on a run that can that can that can be a little bit negative and and seeing him defer and pass the ball out and and not get aggressive in the third and fourth quarter um you know i think we saw the results of that in in terms of the offense uh because it really did stagnate when we don't have pascal um doing what he does best and, 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 you know, running over Tobias Harris, nobody can guard him on that team. So, you know, it's just unfortunate that he seemed to lose his, lose his mojo in the second half. And, and I don't really understand what really happened because he still had a great game on paper. Um, he still, you know, was getting what he needed to get in terms of, you know, filling out the stat sheet, but unfortunately getting those, those stats and the crunch, the crunch minutes, we didn't really see that today out of Pascal. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, weird. I I, I wonder what was wrong. I, I wish that he could do an interview that was completely unfiltered just to get what happened in that second half because a lot of it did remind me of an older Pascal, not an older as in a Pascal Siakam in the future, but a Pascal Siakam that we've seen him progress past, right? The, the handle looked shaky. And that was something where, I, like, it, it started. Yeah, I lost it a couple of times, which is he. He really. It was a few see times where I'm like, this isn't the pa- This isn't a Pascal that I'm used to watching. This is a Pascal that you feels know. Pascal's like, always Pascal's yeah. handle is always a little bit like you know, Herky baby foal who's just getting his legs yeah. under him. Very but, much. Um, it, it for it always works for him. I'm never worried that he's going to lose the ball. And there was a couple of times in, in I think it was the fourth quarter where you know it it really felt like they might get a steal on him or yeah. he might lose the ball uh, out of bounds. And, three times, and that's just not the Pascal say. that I'm used to seeing. You know, I don't think we've seen yeah. that guy for a while. Honestly, I, I don't think we have. It seemed like he progressed past that. There were a few times, not only that, there were some moments where he got to his spot. You know, he was at the elbow and he pulled up and it just would not go down. And sometimes that happens. And I think um, the next step that I would like to see Pascal Siakam take is what do you have when your shot isn't falling? Yes, he can give you everything that you're going to need on the defensive end, but what on offense can you do when... And, and, you know, we can talk about eth- ethical basketball and unethical basketball, but in years past, Mark Rosen is someone that we've seen, you know, the Raptors offense with DeMar and Kyle did struggle in the playoffs as well, and there would be moments where it was very stagnant. And what would happen is DeMar DeRozan would get to the line, right? We see it with James Harden. He's going to, the, the Sixers offense was, was stagnating there as well in that fourth quarter. And what did James Harden do? Before he fouls out, he got to the line. Did he miss one? Yes. Thank you so much, James Harden. But I guess not anymore because it's still lost. But um, he got to the line. And and that was one thing that we see James Harden do. We also see James Harden as one of the best passers in the game, really really be able to, to step up and make plays that way, where it seems like Pascal Siakam isn't passing to make a play. Pascal Siakam is passing to not be the one to take the shot. Right? It, it seems like he's deferring to his teammates, and I don't want to see Pascal Siakam defer to Precious Achua. Um, and I'm grateful for these moments because, as much as it is learning and development for guys like Precious Achua, and you know, we wished it would be Scotty Barnes, but unfortunately, he's injured, it's still a learning moment and it's still development for Pascal Siakam and for Fred Van Vliet. And it's really interesting to see what they can bring when their shots aren't falling. And for Fred, or Fred, he was hot, jacking up quite a few threes. And we see that Fred, sometimes he gets hot and he's going to hit a clutch shot. But sometimes that's not going to be there for you. And I think you have to live or die by that. And I'm fine with that. But on 
Fred, on Pascal's side, I'm really interested to see what is the next step? What can he bring when that shot isn't falling? Get to the line. A lot of people are saying get to the line. And I would love to see him attack and be aggressive. Kate said it. There is nobody on the Sixers that can guard Pascal Siakam. So there's no point where he needs to defer. But at the same time, he played 48 minutes. I wouldn't have my legs under me after 48 minutes. I don't think anyone really would. So I can't be surprised that Pascal Siakam didn't have it on, on both ends tonight, considering how many minutes he played. You know, we saw at the end of that game, Joel Embiid was, you know, was taking jumpers from you know, from the line too, and wasn't attacking. I think everybody on both sides are, are tired. I think, you know, these are the only teams that have been playing every two days. Um, you know, it seems as though most other teams are, are, have not yet even played their third game and, and the Raptors and Sixers series is already on their fourth. So it's, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of basketball or sorry, they're, they're moving into their fourth. Um, you know, it's been a lot of basketball for these guys. Hopefully the next couple of days off is going to give them some much needed rest. And, you know, I'm hoping that we'll get to see a, a return of Scotty Barnes um, at home for, for game four, um, take one in and extend this series out because it's, you know, these guys, I, I want to see them play some ball. I want to see them play Raptors basketball. And I, and I want to see them see what they can do with the Sixers squad, not make, not make this easy on them. Um, you know, those two blowouts, I think uh, back in Philadelphia, I think they, they really got out. They, they, they certainly got under um, my skin. And, and I think that I, we all know that the Raptors can play better and, and that's not the type of game that they, that, that, that they play. What we saw tonight was a true showing of what the Raptors are capable of and that these are two uh, teams when, you know, the whistles are being, you know, kind of kept under control and they're, they're, they're letting both sides play. The Raptors can really start to use their defense um, to the best of their abilities and start to control this team. So I want to see more of that on Saturday. Um, I'm excited to see them draw out this series a little bit further. And, and even though we didn't get the result that we wanted tonight, uh, I think it was a great game and, and really showed what we're capable of in, in that, you know, when the game is being called and what, and what I would say is a, is a more equitable manner, um, you know, you're, you're really seeing a, a, a better side of, of, of Raptors basketball. Um, I'm not sure if I'm on still there. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Okay. I just unplugged my mic. Um, so Nick Nurse, I was just saying we we don't we keep talking about ethical basketball. I just want an ethical whistle. That's all. That's all we need. Um, but I was saying Nick Nurse had a quote here that he said this is about as tough a loss as he can remember from his time here with the Raptors. Honestly, in the Nick Nurse era, I'm going to say this is the toughest loss as well. And he also kind of, I mean, how much can we take Nick Nurse's word for anything? But um, Scotty, you mentioned it could be playing in game four. Nick Nurse kind of hinted that he may in that post-game presser play in game four. How does that change the look of what this Raptors, this Raptors team did? 
I mean, you know how I feel about Scotty. I just want to see him go out there and get some more uh, reps under him. I think he's going to bring a huge burst of energy off the bench. You know, it seems as though he he was on the sideline today. You could tell that kid just wanted to be on the floor. Um, Scotty's a breath of fresh air. He just brings joy every time he's on the floor. And I... I like watching basketball when Scotty Barnes is on the floor. I think we all do. We've all fallen in love with this kid um, and just want to see what he can do. So if we can get, I want to see Scotty play as much playoff ball as possible. I'm hoping that they can take this to seven and I'm hoping that the injection of Scotty Barnes is going to bring a much, much needed uh, boost to um, not only morale, but also to of energy, um, you know, fresh fresher legs and uh just just giving giving us some more guys to to cover um a very very tough assignment in Joel Embiid yeah no I completely agree everyone in the chat keeps talking about well Pascal played 48 minutes they're so tired can't Nick Nurse go deeper in the bench well you know what this is how he can a couple extra days rest for um Thaddeus Young Scotty Barnes getting back into the lineup and Gary Trent Jr. continuing to get healthy from that flu. That's Can Gary Trent Jr. a Gatorade IV? Let that man, put that man <laughs> in a cryo chamber. He still looks green today. Um, he lost my guy eight needs, pounds. According he, needs, to, he needs some much needed electrolytes. He needs some... He lost eight you know, pounds he a, and he said he had a, a fever of 102. So Yeah, he no, was, he did not look well the other day. And... and uh, you know, having a fever of 102, you don't recover from that overnight. That's no. an exhaustion that sort of stays with you for a little bit. So he played exceptionally well tonight, but I still think that we'll see even better from Gary um, on Saturday when he's got a couple of nights rest in his own bed, when he's able to, you know, rehydrate and re-energize and, and sort of get back out there. I, I think we'll see a whole different group of guys on Saturday. Um, it's really unfortunate what's happened to our squad for, for this, uh, for this matchup, because I think it was one that if things had played out differently, um, you know, we could be looking at a slightly different outcome, but that's basketball and and you have to play who's who you have on the court. You have to play who's in front of you on both sides. So, you know, um, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's not been this, the series hasn't shake, shaken out. I think the way that many of us thought that it would, but it's not over yet. There's seven games to play. It's first to four. Um, and I really think that we're going to take this one on Saturday. I really, I, I also believe that they will too. I don't, I don't see this team being swept. I, I think that the extra rest will definitely help these guys. Having more guys on the court will also help the Raptors. What we saw today is that they can get punched in the mouth and still come back and forget that it ever happened. That's the type of team that Nick Nurse coaches. That's the type of team that this Raptors team is. And I see a lot of people talking about, well, the series is done. The series is done. This, in my opinion, and I think in the Raptors' opinion, was always a development year. I think that everyone thought that they had a chance against the Sixers team. And unfortunately, things just didn't shake out that way. But that doesn't change that this is still a development year. You want to see what what Pascal has in these moments. And you want to see what Fred has in these moments and Scotty and Gary and the entire team. And so let's look for that to continue. I hope this goes the distance. I think the Raptors, if there are any team that I think has a chance of just winning three straight against the Sixers team, it's certainly this Raptors team here. So um, you know what? I don't think that um, all hope is The lost. one thing that we do have on our side as well, Iman, and never underestimate Glenn Rivers. Um, More 3-1 never losses underestimate than anybody. Glenn Rivers. Such a great name. See, that's why I wanted the Raptors to win this. I, I don't I even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. But um, 
You think they can win? No, you think you the Raptors could be you the can't first? Lose team? a three and one lead if you don't win three games first. But this would be a three and zero. Oh. This would be the first time in NBA history. Does Glenn Rivers have it in him to be the first coach to go up three zero and lose a series? Okay. Does he have it in him? If 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 there was a coach that had it in him, <laughs> I believe it's Glenn Rivers. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Hopefully, we can come back on Saturday with a smile on our faces after a win. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining me. Thank. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you to everybody in the chat for sending us great questions. And hopefully and sorry we got for all these. Uh, sorry for over talking over you if I ever did. It's just been, it's been a little bit difficult with the, with the audio challenges, but hopefully we made it work. Hey, they're in spaces. They know that that's my brand. They know that that's your brand. That's our brand. We talk over, it's a chaotic space. <laughs> I think I would have been more chaotic, chaotic even if I could have you this entire time. Sorry? I think I would have been even more chaotic, Yvonne, if I had been able to hear you better this entire time. <laughs> Hopefully we get we we save your chaos for a win. Um thank you so much Kate for joining me. Thank you to everybody. We'll see you guys on Saturday.